It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday Timeout with Big Jim. I am Jim, and we are here on NGSCSports.com, where we are each and every week and where we never stop. Make sure you visit NGSCSports.com for all the latest and greatest sports and wrestling podcasts all day, every day, NGSCSports.com. Again, uh, you can check us out. Uh, make sure you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search NGSC Sports Radio. Uh, go to Spreaker by searching NGSC and check us out on iHeartRadio at NGSC. Also, you can subscribe to this show, my show, uh, on iTunes. Big Jim Sports. Search that as well. Um, make sure you check that out, uh, guys. Uh, just me flying solo tonight. Uh, a couple of our guys are under the weather. A couple of our guys are tied up with some other things. So. Um, want to wish them uh, to, to get well uh, and, and, and to do well on, on the things they're working on. Um, so it's just me tonight, so um, plenty of interaction. I want, I want some interaction from listeners, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's call-in. Um, that is fine. Do whichever one that you want. The number to call in is 724-444-7444. Again, 724-444-7444. Four four. You're going to have to answer the call or uh, to enter the call ID one three five one three eight. We have a poll question. Something um, just kind of came to me as I was flipping through. Uh, I use the the iPhone app uh, Time Hop, where it'll show you things you've tweeted or posted on Facebook or other social medias a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and two years ago I put out this question. Um, and and uh, it just happened to be today, so I thought I'd bring it back up. And it was, how much money would you pass up to see your favorite team win a title, a championship? Be it, you know, a league championship, the Stanley Cup, Lombardi Trophy, uh, World Series championship, NBA title, MLS Cup, um, you know, World Cup, whatever it is. Whatever your, your number one 
favorite <clears throat> sports team is, what amount of money would you pass up to see your team win a title? We had a few responses. You can still tweet them. Tweet at me at Big Jim Sports. You can call in again, 724-444-7444. The call ID, 135-138. You can tweet at me at Big Jim Sports. What amount of money? Would you pass up to see your favorite team win a sports title? Rob, uh, which is at JustWin84, says the Cowboys, he he said he'd throw away $5,000. Jason at Adams, Jason B, says not much. I love my teams and I'm passionate, but I've been lucky to see three Super Bowls, one World Series, and one NBA championship at Gravy Train 100. Says probably about $2,500, especially if I was able to see it in person. Took a little shot at me. He said, uh, what about fantasy football championships when you don't draft the team? He said he'd pay $20 for that. It's a little shot at me. He was in a uh, fantasy football league that I'm the commissioner of, and um, I drafted his team, and he won the league. And, yes, it was a $20 league. Uh, over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Big Jim Sports, Ryan checked in. He said, uh, are you talking like here is $1,000, the Eagles win the Super Bowl? He said, I'd take the Super Bowl over a grand. Um, one of our uh, Big Jim Sports team members, Andrew, or at, he is at Pyrolord314 on Twitter. He checks in. He says, uh, so I can either take it or Brave slash Vike slash PS football, PSU football wins a title. He said, well, if there's anything under a million, I'd probably give up the money for a title. Once you get to seven figures and up, there's a lot I could do to help my family out uh, with that much money. Um, but as Ryan said, if I never had it, I'd never miss it. Um, and a little back and forth went on there. You know, I've thought about this question since I posed it out there. And, and again, you can still tweet it at me at Big Jim Sports uh, throughout the show. You know, I, I thought about it, and, and, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you know, I probably would have said, you know, it, it'd have to be a million. It would have to be half a million. But then, you know, something that happens is, you, you know, you, you, you start getting out and, uh, you know, you, you, you buy a house and you, you get car loans and, you, you know, your, your water heater blows up and, uh, your washing machine stops working, you get rust on your car, you know, so, you know, many things in life uh, just start to happen and, and you realize that there's a lot more important things than, you know, your, your sports teams. And I, I'm as passionate about sports as I am about almost anything. And, if you're around me when one of my teams is losing, you, you very quickly realize uh, when they're losing, it's not a good thing. But I've also been able to put things into perspective. And also doing this show has helped me put things into perspective a little bit because it's a game. So, so um, I would love to see any of my teams, you know, the Cowboys, Notre Dame, the Washington Capitals, the Baltimore Orioles, win a championship, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, it maybe only be a couple thousand dollars that, that I would say no to because when, when you have bills and you have things and, and you, you want to 
you know, make, make things better for your family, I take the money. It's just sports. I, I'm going to, I'm going to be talking about it either way, win or lose. Do I want to see my teams win? Absolutely. But I, I want to have the best life possible for my family. And uh, that's where I'll leave that. Again, you can still get me your thoughts on the, uh, on the poll question. What amount of money would you trade to see your favorite sports team win a league championship? Again, at Big Jim Sports, or you can call in 724-444-7444 with the call ID 13513. I was getting ready to start the show tonight. We're talking about um, talking about March Madness a little bit. I'm not a big college basketball guy. Uh, if you've listened to the show, you know that. You know I'm not a big college basketball guy. So I'm going to just touch on a little bit and, and bring you up to speed on the matchups. But then uh, just a little under three hours ago, some breaking news out of the world of UFC and WWE. And now I do a, a wrestling show right here on NGSC, three count Thursday on Thursday nights at 930. So I'm not going to talk a lot about WWE, but this is WrestleMania week. It's a big week. And, and today on ESPN, Brock Lesnar, the current WWE world heavyweight champion made a special appearance on sports center to, to break a little bit of news. And that news is that, uh, he, when his, his contract is expiring, his current contract with the WWE is expiring this Monday. And there's a lot of questions whether or not he's going to leave the WWE and whether or not uh, he, he is going to return to the WWE or if he's going to go back to uh, UFC. Well, Brock Lesnar revealed his decision tonight on ESPN that he is staying with the WWE. Um, in part on, on SportsCenter, he said, it was a very hard decision for me. The fighter inside me wants to compete, but I'm an older caveman now, so I make wiser caveman decisions. I'm here to say that my legacy in the octagon is over. My legacy this Sunday in WrestleMania will not be my last. It was a hard decision to make. It took me a year to make. And at the end of the day, it's all about me wanting to have fun. Um, he did go on to say that, you know, physically he's been training it. And this is kind of really where the speculation about Brock Lesnar, the speculation about Brock Lesnar returning to UFC really kicked up, um, about, about the time this past summer going into the SummerSlam main event, uh, where Brock Lesnar took on John Cena and won the WWE world heavyweight championship. He started training and, 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 and getting into better shape over the last couple of months. He said he felt great physically, but something lacked mentally. And Anthony, one of our big gym sports team members, checks in. He's a big MMA guy. He said, you know, for the reason Brock Lesnar gave, his decision was 100% the right one, stating his mind and heart was not in it. A, uh, a com- combat sport is not something you want to go into half-heartedly. Um, and that, you know, because that is how you get seriously hurt. So again, thank you to Anthony, um, was hoping to have him co-host, uh, tonight, but he is, uh, he is tied up. So thank you, uh, Anthony for getting the tweet in. Um, and, and finally, um, one of the, one of the things that Brock Lesnar said at the end of the day, 
Uh, I am happy with where I'm at with the WWE. He says, um, last night, old Vince McMahon put an offer on the table he couldn't refuse. He said it comes down to business and money and health and well-being. He said he's been on both sides of the spectrum. He's been in a bad position with money and with his health, and he's in a good spot with both of them. Um, he's officially closing the door on MMA. He was hard. He re-signed with the WWE last night, and, and it is a um, multi-year deal. Uh, he turns 38 this year. He promises that at this point his, his best choice was to remain in the WWE. I'm going to bring in our co-host uh, from our Thursday night wrestling show, Three Count Thursday. Uh, we're going to bring in our co-host, Ryan, just to talk about this a little bit. Uh, Ryan, uh, first off, welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hey, Big Jim. Uh, very, very good to join you uh, on a Tuesday night rather than a Thursday night. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm actually I'm really, really jacked up uh, about this this big announcement. Obviously, uh, for you and I, huge wrestling fans, uh, WrestleMania week is, is as big as Super Bowl week is in the NFL. Um, but as the, the build was leading towards WrestleMania, um, even with, with Monday Night Raw last night, uh, we, we pretty much kind of knew where this World Heavyweight Championship situation was going. We pretty much knew that Brock Lesnar was most likely going to leave. Um, I know uh, I, I spoke with Anthony about it two weeks ago. Uh, really felt like all signs pointed to him going back to UFC because, because of his health. He never got to finish on his own terms, really, over at the UFC. And we just kind of had a feeling that that's where he was going. Um, with this decision today, really, this blow, blows the door wide open. For the possibilities for the for the end, of, and we'll, you know, obviously, we'll get into much more depth of this on Thursday. But it, this is such breaking news. I think it's good to bring you on here. Um, it blows the door wide open on possibilities for Sunday, does it not? Yeah, Jim, it really, really does. Coming out of Raw yesterday, um, I think most wrestling fans thought that the Roman Reigns, um, who will be facing Brock Lesnar this Sunday at WrestleMania would end up winning the match. And the big question came, um, and if you're not a wrestling fan, they, they have this called the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase that somebody wins, and it's a guaranteed contract for the title whenever they would want to cash it in. Um, whether or not the uh, the superstar Seth Rollins that holds that title or holds that, that briefcase would be cashing in at WrestleMania. But it was kind of a foregone conclusion that Roman Reigns probably uh, would have came away from WrestleMania winning the match, their match. So, uh Huge. I mean, it's no longer going to be an obvious outcome on Sunday. So I think that just makes – and maybe, I don't know if it's – you know, Brock had said this was not a spur-of-the-moment decision. Um, I, I really am interested to know how long maybe Brock Lesnar had his mind made up and they just played along. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Paul Heyman, who's uh, Brock Lesnar's kind of a speaking associate, um, had this great promo that if Brock Lesnar wants to – unify the WWE and the UFC championships, well, then that's what Brock Lesnar is going to do. Um, so maybe this has been kind of, you know, it's, it's WrestleMania week. And what, what WWE just did, this is the ultimate outcome, um, has got their name plastered all over ESPN and all over the news, um, breaking this story today with WrestleMania coming up just a mere few days away. Great, great timing for the WWE. Oh, absolutely. And, and I was discussing this uh, on, on uh, Twitter a little bit earlier with somebody because 
Um, and we, there's been a few times in the past where WWE has broken a story, kind of not not to this level, but they've broken stories in a breaking news fashion on their WWE network. The for those that don't know, the online streaming video service that airs um, uh, WWE all the pay per views live and um, ha- has you know tons and tons of hours of content um, that you can subscribe to for nine ninety nine a month. There's been times where uh, they have broken a story, you know, break into in, into the, the the programming that's currently airing, and, and have talked about the, uh, something um, as you would on a NBC or or ABC, Fox, what have you. And there was where some people on Twitter that were kind of going, "Why didn't they break it in this manner?" I said, "Look, I understand what you're saying because you know you want people to say, oh, if I." subscribe to the WWE Network, I can see breaking news like this there and nowhere else. But for WrestleMania week, you want your name uh, out there as much as possible. Sure. And when you have somebody like Brock Lesnar, who who has transcended the sports entertainment and, and, and has crossed over, you know, he, he had a, he had a, uh, Contract with the Vikings, never never made the actual active roster, but played for the you know Vikings practice squad, and then it was was involved in UFC sports that are recognized by the general public as real and recognizable, so they know who Brock Lesnar is. So to get out there in this manner during WrestleMania week is huge. Had this been any other month, any other week of the year, I say put it on the WWE Network. But WrestleMania right. week, you want people to buy in. And, and, and the thing is, if, if people uh, to, you know, buy WrestleMania now, if they go, oh, wow, you know, maybe I'll tune into this, well, they have one of two ways of doing it. They can spend $65, $70 on a, on a conventional pay-per-view if you, still have, if you have satellite, or excuse me, if you have regular cable, satellite doesn't even offer it, or you can subscribe to the WWE Network for $9.99. That gets you in the door for the month, and then maybe maybe those people will stay on. So I actually think it was a brilliant decision, whether or not it was Brock's decision or WWE's decision. That we don't know at this present time, but I think the decision to, to break this news on ESPN, on SportsCenter, at the 6 o'clock hour when people are you know, probably getting done eating dinner, turning the TV on, seeing yep. what's happened in sports during the day, what to look forward to tonight. This was the perfect time to do this and the perfect way to do this. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the, the manner in which they did it? Absolutely brilliant. Like we had said, that you cannot – there's no such thing as bad PR in the week of, of, of WrestleMania. Um, like you alluded to with the network, if that gets one, ten extra people to buy the network – for nine ninety nine, just to check out WrestleMania, uh, then the WWE has a whole month because you subscribe for a month, a whole month to hook them into coming back and, and subscribing again for the next month for nine ninety nine. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic. You know, I, I get I, I subscribed to the network since since it's opened. I know you have too, Big Jim. Um, over a year now, I think we've been network subscribers, but uh, but you just can't uh, you can't you can't beat the free PR that 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 you got for having Brock Lesnar. And it was interesting that the coach is the one that did the uh, interview on ESPN, who used to be a WWE talent himself. But, uh, yeah, huge news, 
huge news, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it a whole lot more uh, Thursday night. That will probably be leading off our show, um, the Three Count Thursday. Yeah, Ryan, um, and, and you know, really, that's all I have on this. We're gonna we're gonna keep plugging forward uh, on the sports side, but but thanks for uh, thanks for calling in and uh, and talking about this, giving the, the people a little bit of a preview of of uh, what's likely to be a like you said a huge huge story uh, that we're gonna be talking about on uh, Three Count Thursday uh, uh, Thursday night. Absolutely, Big Jim. Always a pleasure. I'll be tuning in for the rest of the show. Um, if you ever want to find us, you can find us facebookcom Thursday or on the Twitter at Three Count Thursday. Big Jim, I hope you have a great show. Pleasure talking to you. All right, thanks again, Ryan. Uh, yeah, so, so you know, a, a, a big, big moment uh, for the WWE, a big, big moment uh, when you're talking about uh, WrestleMania and WrestleMania week. It, it, it's, it's a big time. And, um, you know, it, it's always something that's exciting this time of year. And the bottom line is, and it doesn't matter what sport um, you're talking about, but especially, you know, hard-hitting combat sports like the UFC, if, if, you're, if your mind and your heart's not in it, like Anthony said and, and like, like Brock Lesnar said just talking on ESPN today, you have to do the right thing and not go back to that sport because, you know, you're going to get hurt. And uh, I think Brock Lesnar made the right decision as as a wrestling fan. I'm not a big UFC guy. You know, it, it's something that uh, because of this medium and because of uh, friends of mine like Anthony, it's something that I've been striving to get into a little bit more. But um, I haven't. I just haven't done it yet. And and so as a wrestling fan, I am thrilled. I am I am so happy that Brock Lesnar is coming back to the WWE because I I, I it, it leaves the door wide open for for WrestleMania this Sunday and again um, if you want to if you want to hear more about this and more about WrestleMania and the build to it join us three count Thursday Thursday night 9:30 p.m. right here on ngscsports.com uh, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving on we're gonna get back to um, Get back to the to to the more conventional sports as as, as this show is is typically uh, more focused on. NCAA tournament is going on, of course, through the uh, through the first. Uh, they call them three rounds. And look, I know I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm not going to blow hot up hot air up your butt and uh, and act like I uh, am a college basketball expert. But does it annoy anybody else? that they call the playing games round one. When, when I'm talking, and, and on this show, round one is the round of 64. Round two is the round of 32. And then you have the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, Final Four, and then the championship game. The, the play-in games are not a round. The play-in games should not exist. The play-in games, to me, are BS. I have friends that are huge college basketball fans, and they cannot stand. They cannot stand the uh, the, the playing games. They're a joke. They're a joke. Why do you have playing games? I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, it makes something that's already long. 
and it's exciting, but but it it, it, may, it draws it out. It draws it out too much. So let's get rid of the playing games. But round one is round of sixty four. Round two, the round of thirty two. Uh, we're going into the Sweet Sixteen, Kentucky versus West Virginia. Um, the the number one Kentucky Wildcats, of course, still undefeated, taking on West Virginia. This is in the Midwest region, and number three seed Notre Dame taking on Wichita State. My Notre Dame Fighting Irish will talk about them uh, in a minute. In the West region, you have Wisconsin taking on North Carolina, and you have Xavier taking on uh, Arizona. In the South region, you have UCLA taking on Gonzaga, and number one seed Duke taking on number five seed Utah. And in the East region, number eight, and North Carolina State taking on the fourth seed, Louisville. The number three seed, Oklahoma, taking on the number seven seed, uh, Michigan State. You can, how can you count on, not count um, Michigan State as a team to watch at this time of year with Tom Izzo's record? Um, based on the teams that are left, now, most brackets, like my own that I filled out, uh, pretty much blown up. Um, it, it, for those that, if there's anyone that joined the uh, Big Gym Sports Tuesday timeout uh, bracket challenge, um, my bracket again this year looks to be about one of the worst. Um, I have Notre Dame winning though, so uh, if Notre Dame pull off the win, I think I'll be in good shape. Um, out of the teams that are left, let's look at the East region. Uh, I think Louisville will beat NC State. Oklahoma will lose to Michigan State, so the Michigan State. Louisville in the final four in that, uh, uh, excuse me, in the Elite Eight in that bracket. Um, Out of that, I like Louisville to advance to the final four. South region, Duke, Utah, I like Duke. Uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, I like Gonzaga. So you're going to have Gonzaga and and Duke in the Elite Eight. Uh, I like Duke to win that one. Uh, Duke, Louisville in the final four. Um, but but we're not going to go too far out because uh, this is something that we can cover next week on our show. But uh, those are the teams I like for the next two rounds. Uh, West region, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Wisconsin, I think is going to win there. Xavier, Arizona, I like Arizona. And then Arizona over Wisconsin uh, in the Elite Eight to advance to the Final Four. I like Kentucky to beat West Virginia. I like Notre Dame to beat Wichita State. And I'm, and I'm going to call it uh, because at this point, why the hell not? Notre Dame is going to end the the perfect season of the Kentucky Wildcats uh, in the Elite Eight, and Notre Dame would advance to uh, face, in my opinion, Arizona in the Final Four. But but you know, looking at uh, uh, Notre Dame and their uh, before their second round game. Um, Uh, shortly before the game against Butler on Saturday, um, the head coach, Mike Bray, uh, his mother had passed away the morning of the game from a heart attack. The morning of the game passed away Saturday morning. He did not tell his team. He did not tell his team, and he coached that day. 
um, was smiling after the game, uh, was celebrating with his team after the game, a big win over Butler. And, and people question this. People question the decision to coach, the decision to not tell his team. Well, here's, here's the thing. You don't know how kids are going to react. They're kids. I know they're college athletes, but they're kids. You don't know how they're going to react if, if the coach tells you that his mother passed away. So I agree with the decision not to tell them. And I also agree with the decision to, to coach that night. And here's why. When tragedy strikes, whether it's a death, a a change of life situation, anything, anything tragic that happens in your life, you have to find a way to escape. Eight years ago now, one of my great friends in college passed away suddenly. He was in the hospital. He was having asthma problems. They they couldn't they couldn't revive him. And the day I found out, I was I found out early in the afternoon I was going to a Hershey Bears hockey game that night. And all afternoon I thought I, I'm not going to go. I can't go to this game. I, I I don't I don't feel right going to this game. But I was going with my family, and they said just go. It'll be good for you. Just go. And the whole car ride up there, it's only about 30 minutes, the whole car ride there, I just felt so sick to my stomach. Then I got in the arena. You get the smells of the arena, the food. You get in, you get the, you know, the visual sensation of the ice. You get the, you know, the, the, the sounds, the music, the sounds of the, the skates and the sticks and the pucks. And for, for three hours that night, I enjoyed a game of hockey, and I came out on the way home. I was went to the back of my head that my friend had passed away. But for those three hours, it was an escape, and that's what that's what you have to do in times of tragedy. You have to escape. You have to find ways out. So for Mike Bray, coaching, coaching. That was that was his way out, and 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 I'm and I'm okay, and it's okay for that for him to do that, and I support that. Going to pause for a minute here and remind everyone about NGSCSport.com, where we never stop. Visit NGSCSport every day for live radio shows, recorded radio shows, great written content. And if if you're tired of the same old mishmash of ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio, Yahoo Sports Radio, tell you what, go over to iHeartRadio, subscribe to NGSC. We'll be back in just a minute to talk about NHL. Down below, 
Yes, time to talk some NHL hockey here on the Tuesday timeout again. I am your host, Jim Neese. It is a Tuesday night. We're talking sports. And I uh, would love to hear some interaction. Uh, tweet me at Big Jim Sports. Call in 724-444-7444. Enter the call ID 135-138. Boy, the, the NHL playoff races are heating up um, on, on in, in both sides, the East Conference and the Western Conference. Uh, a lot of different storylines at play right now on the what I think is is – when you're talking about this time of year, when you're talking about Stanley Cup playoffs, when you're talking about uh, the, 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 the Stanley Cup and Stanley Cup finals, these playoffs, this from now until June, this is the greatest sport for postseason play. The greatest sport for postseason play. Tweet at me at Big Jim Sports. You can call in 724-444-7444. Again, the poll question for tonight, too, and you can still tweet at me about that, is what amount of money would you turn away to see your sports team, favorite sports team, win a league championship? But let's look at it. Going into play tonight in the uh, in the Eastern Conference of the NHL um, in the Atlantic, this is going into play tonight in the Atlantic Division. The top three teams: Montreal Canadiens, Tampa Bay Lightning, Detroit Red Wings. We have a, a call from Arizona. We'll get to you in just a second. Uh, and then in the Metropolitan Division, you have the New York Rangers leading. They're tied in the whole Eastern Conference with 99 points with the Canadians. Uh, you have the Islanders in second in that division and the Pittsburgh Penguins at 91 points. You currently have the Washington Capitals sitting uh, idle for the next couple days uh, at 88 points. The surging Ottawa Senators, who are, um, I believe, 14-0-1 in their last 15 games, uh, sitting at 85 points. They just yesterday knocked the Boston Bruins uh, out of the number eight spot. Now, this is, you know, this is, this is the race that, that is getting hot. Um, a couple weeks ago, it really looked like it was going to be Washington and Boston, and nobody, and, and, and I, I talked about it with Josh King right here on the show that no one was going to knock Boston or Washington out. It was all going to be a matter of where the, where the seeds fell. All of a sudden, that's not the case. Boston uh, has been falling. They are 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Of course, Ottawa has been on an absolute roll, 9-1 and one in their last 10. They've actually won seven in a row outright. The hottest team in the NHL, not even close. Nobody else even really that close. The Ottawa Senators are surging towards a playoff spot. Still three points behind the Caps with a game in hand, so potentially one point. But the, the races are so tight, 
The Capitals only five points behind, out of second place in their division. I think the Washington Capitals are going to make the playoffs. I have no doubt in that. I think the Rangers are going to win their division. I think Montreal is going to hang on and win their division. But where where does that eighth playoff spot in the NA, in the NHL Eastern Conference go to? Does it go to Ottawa? Does it go to Boston? At this point, with 10, 10 games to go, excuse me, 12 games to go, no, it is 10. I apologize. 10 games to go for the Florida Panthers, who are sitting two spots out of the playoffs. They would have to make up five points in 10 games. That sounds easy. You get two points with a win, right? That, that, that's not easy this time of year because not only do you have to win, you have to hope that the team that is ahead of you loses. Boston's been doing that a little bit more than 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 Ottawa as of late, but Ottawa has been on absolute tear. So really, it comes down to Ottawa and Boston. Ottawa has a game in hand on Boston, so you figure let's count them winning that. They're up three points with nine games to go. I like Ottawa's chances here. I don't like Ottawa's chances beyond that because. Much like the 2007-2008 Washington Capitals, much like the 2007-2008 Washington Capitals, who who just were riding momentum into the playoffs, and they were the hot team getting into the playoffs. Uh, eventually, that cools down. Eventually, adversity is going to hit you. And when it does, how do you respond? For Ottawa, I think they're, and I don't want to call it luck, because they've been very good. I'm not going to call it luck. But whatever it is, is going to run out. And I think it would run out in the, in the first round. I think the New York Rangers are the most dangerous team in the NHL. Whether or not they win, everything is another story. The President's Trophy, the, no, the best team in, in the regular season, is usually a curse in the NHL. And, you know, that could easily happen to the Rangers. But the way they've been playing, and keep in mind, this is all without Henrik Lundqvist, their starting goalie. He's been out for, for well over a month and a half with, with a neck injury. When that injury happened, I said the Rangers were done. I said, just watch. The bottom's falling out. They're going to plummet. They're going to fall apart. They've only gotten better, folks. Lundqvist is set to re- – he's, he's been practicing with the team. Is set to play for the first time in, in a month, over a month, this coming, uh, this coming weekend. Now, the Rangers did lose tonight, but but th- th- this team's for real. Keep in mind they got to the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago, so it shouldn't come to any surprise here. But I think the, I think the, the eight teams that are in the Eastern Conference playoff picture right now are the eight teams that are going to advance 
and stay in that uh, in that playoff position. Let's jump down to the Western Conference. St. Louis leading the Central Division at 99 points, Nashville at 96, Chicago at 94. In the Pacific Division, Anaheim out ahead at 99 points. That's four teams. Four teams in the NHL right now tied at 99 points. Incredible. Incredible. Anaheim, 99 points. Vancouver at 88. Calgary at 86. Not going to be a long time until Anaheim clinches that division with numbers like that. Um, And then the wild card spot there, Minnesota at 91 points. Winnipeg at 88. You have Los Angeles at 86. They win tonight. They're up to 88. Dallas at 80. So really, again, we're talking about a situation where more than likely you're talking about only one team in play that's outside of the top eight spots, and that is the Los Angeles Kings. Nothing against the Kings. Nothing against the Kings, Kings fans, nothing. I want the Winnipeg Jets to get in the NHL playoffs. That, that, you talk about whiteouts, fans whiting out during the, during the postseason. Winnipeg, you can thank. That's where it started. Minnesota is intriguing. I like St. Louis. They're they're playing spectacular right now. I want Winnipeg in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Because whether it's Anaheim, whether it's St. Louis or Nashville, whoever faces Winnipeg is going to face a very tall and difficult task at against Winnipeg because of that environment. Back in 2009, the Hershey Bears of the AHL played the Manitoba Moose of the AHL in the Calder Cup Finals, and the, the atmosphere in that building in Winnipeg to see championship series hockey was electric. Was unbelievably electric. I don't care that that is, is, I believe it is the smallest arena in the NHL in terms of fan numbers. It's somewhere just around 15,000. But they are loud. They are smart. They know their hockey. And it will be very difficult for even the number one seed in the Western Conference to, 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 to compete there. Because it's not going to be a normal atmosphere. I would not be surprised whether it's St. Louis, whether it's Nashville. Theoretically, it could still be Chicago or whether it's Anaheim, especially if it's Anaheim, to get lost, to lose the first round. And it would not be the first time that a Bruce Boudreaux-led team that had the best record in a conference or the league got booted in the first round by the eighth seed. 
It just would not. Not to get too far out ahead, but but the NHL um, is discussing overtime rule changes for next season and may introduce a three-on-three play during overtimes uh, in, in games. This would this would be at the start of the 2015-2016 season, but it would have to be approved by the NHL's um, competition committee. The league will present two different formats for the overtime uh, change, one of which would mirror the AHL, the American Hockey League, which is the um, minor league feeding system, the affiliate system to the NHL, who is is using it this year, uh, which is four-on-four for the first three minutes. And then following the first whistle after the three-minute mark, they would go to three-on-three for the remainder of a seven-minute period. The other option is to play three-on-three for an entire five-minute period. Gary Bettman said, that's something we're going to discuss with the competition committee because obviously we want the Players Association's input on how we're going to approach it. So we're going to look at both variables and figure out which one, collectively with the competition committee, we think makes the most sense. This is to lessen the number of shootouts. They don't want to eliminate the shootout, but they want to lessen the number of shootouts. And the AHL has done that. The AHL has dramatically reduced the number of shootouts by using this rule. Because here's the thing. The reason they went to four-on-four when they went to the, the, the shootout format is when the ice is more open, there's a lot more speed and a lot more chances for goals. You take another guy off of the ice, you're going to create more scoring chances, and that's what's happened in the AHL this year. That's why I hope that they introduce, excuse me, if they do this, and I hope they do, if they change the overtime rules, I hope they go with the AHL format, with the four-on-four for three minutes and then the whistle, and then drop it to three-on-three. I don't like the idea of a three-on-three overtime period because I feel like there's less hockey involved there. But if you go four-on-four and then three-on-three, I think it presents the best case possible. So what are your thoughts? 724-444-7444-724-444. 7444, call ID 135138. You can tweet at me at Big Jim Sports. The NHL potentially expanding to Las Vegas. Um, the the ticket drive, the, the NHL is exploring the possibility of expanding to the city of Las Vegas. They uh, started a uh, a, a ticket drive to to gain uh, an idea of, of where they're at with, with fans wanting to uh, have a team in Las Vegas. Uh, back in February, 5,000 ticket deposits in two days. 
Uh, 13 days later, it had reached to under 7,000. That was back in February 10th. So, and, and in two weeks, it, 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 they had over 7,000 tickets deposited. But since then, uh, only 700 more have been added. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said, quote, the numbers that are coming out are within very strict parameters. When they designed the ticket drive, they did it with our input. And basically, we told them what we'd like to see is how many local non-corporate fans they can get to put up real money without a promise of having an NHL team. If you look at it through that lens, I think the response has been good because if you add to that what they probably have already in corporate and casino commitments, they basically have a full building. I don't like the idea of an NHL team in Vegas. I don't like the idea of the NHL expanding. But if you're going to expand, if you feel the league needs to, to add a team or two teams, and if you're going to add one, you need to add two. Don't, don't, don't misbalance your conferences. Don't misbalance your leagues. I've seen that in the AHL, and it just adds confusion. You're a major league of sports. Do not change and have an odd number of teams. But I don't like Las Vegas, and here's why. Hartford, Connecticut, former home of the Whalers, has a very successful AHL franchise. Quebec, Canada, former home of the Nordiques. Quebec City does not have an NHL team. There are cities that could have a team that would be better better served than being in Las Vegas. How many people, day in, day out, do you think would, would realistically go to NHL hockey games in the city of Las Vegas? The game struggles in Arizona. The game struggles in Florida. San Jose has has been pretty solid. And only recently has it really thrived in L.A. because of two Stanley Cup championships. Do not put the NHL in Las Vegas. This will be a failed experiment. If you want the NHL in Vegas, play a preseason game there. You know, play a, a, a Arizona Coyotes game there once a year. Or do, you know, something. A preseason game. Play the All-Star game there. Do it similar like the Pro Bowl. Have it there every year. But don't put a day-in, day-out NHL team 
in Las Vegas. I, I think it, it, it is a, is a failed experiment. So, whatever the whatever the ticket numbers are, I hope they stop. I hope they fall back. And I hope that there is not an a, an NHL team in Las Vegas. Finally, in the NHL tonight, uh, PK Subban, Montreal Canadiens defenseman, has been fined three thousand uh, dollars for diving in a game against Ottawa. It is his third. It is his third such fine for the same infraction. In three months, uh, he he was um, he was penalized for diving against Tampa Bay uh, in January, and in the versus New York Rangers in in January, and um, this one came against the Ottawa Senators. Triggered three thousand dollars fine. If he gets another warning this season, he'll find an additional four thousand dollars. And their coach Michael Perrion will be charged uh, $2,000. Um, when I pulled up here, our um, Andrew at Pyrolord314 checked in about this. Uh, he says this is the third caught offense of the season, so he's being fined a massive $3,000. Really, $3,000. If he gets quote caught again, the fine will increase to $4,000 plus the fine to his coach. If the NHL is serious about stopping players for diving, um, then they need to make the fine actually hit a player's wallet. Um, you know, basically, if you break it down, uh, then they, uh, excuse me, uh, then that, that basically breaks down to about two minutes uh, of ice time for P.K. Subban. Diving is a problem in any in 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 in, in, in the NHL, obviously in the NBA. Here is my issue with the fines, the penalties. At some point, if you keep having a repeat offender, because I think it, it, it can have a problem with integrity of the game if you continue to have issues with players diving. At some point, at some point, I say you would need to to not only find these players, but to suspend them. To suspend these players because this is a problem that that will just continue to grow and get out of control. Because if you're if you're fining a player for basically minimal ice time. 
then what what message does that send? Nothing. It sends no no discipline, no fear, no worries. And that's a bad message to send. That's a bad message to send. Before we jump into baseball, and and before we're going to take a short break here, but just remind everybody, check out NGSCSports.com, home of the Tuesday timeout with me, Three Count Thursday with me and Ryan, as well as many other great, great shows, NGSC Weekly, Student of the Game, and much, much more. Go to NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Make sure you also visit us on Spreaker by searching NGSC and uh, and get a constant feed on, on iHeartRadio by searching NG, NGSC. Going to take a brief break here. And on the other side, we're going to talk some baseball, football, and golf. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Tuesday Timeout here on NGSC Sports Radio. I am your host, Big Jim. I'm going to talk a little bit of baseball here with you. I'm going to get in a little bit of football talk and a little bit of golf before we close up the show again. Call and interact with me. Phone line is open all night. If you call, uh, just hang on the line. I'll make sure to get to you. Uh, the number is 724-444-7444. Uh, the call ID is 135 135- one three eight. You can also see the information uh, on my tweets at Big Jim Sports. You can also tweet at me at Big Jim Sports, and I'll try to answer them. I will see them, but can't guarantee I can answer them as I uh, am, am obviously uh, running the show here. Um, Bloomsburg University, which is just uh, not not too far from uh, from where I'm broadcasting from tonight. Williamsburg University's Joey Castleberry, a junior first baseman, was thrown off the baseball team um, for the following tweet. Quote, Disney is making a movie about Monet Davis. What a joke. That slut got rocked by Nevada. End quote which uh, is, is disgusting. I, I mean, why? Senseless. Senseless. Stupid. 
immature, irresponsible, etc., etc., etc. So Bloomsburg University and, and the baseball team, they kick them off the team. Is that was that the right choice? What do you think? Tweet me at Big Jim Sports, Facebook.com slash Big Jim Sports. Call in 724-444-7444. They call ID 135-138. To me, you have to. That's the right choice. Because whether or not he's a kid, kids make stupid choices. He is a representative of that of that university. He represents Bloomsburg University and the Bloomsburg University baseball team. So when you send out that tweet, Bloomsburg has every right, every right. to react the way that they did. And they they were right. And I've seen this argument from people, and not just about this. Whenever there's some sort of company or university or sports team that censors their employee. Well, what happened to freedom of speech, man? This is America, man. If you're going to talk about freedom of speech, maybe, just maybe, you want to understand what freedom of speech actually means it it protects you from the government being able to prevent you from saying something your employer can still silence you a facebook group that you like can delete your comment and can ban you from their site. So don't bring up the freedom of speech. You don't have the freedom of speech when you're a representative of this university. When you are a a baseball player for the for Bloomsburg University, you're a representative of that university. When he wrote out that senseless, disgusting tweet, Bloomsburg reacted properly. Now, yesterday, Monet Davis was on SportsCenter. She uh, she said while on the show that she actually wrote an email to the school asking them to reinstate Joey Castleberry. She said, quote, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone deserves a second chance. I know he didn't mean it in that type of way. I know people get tired of seeing me on TV, 
But sometimes you got to think about what you're doing before you do it. It hurt on my part, but he hurt even more. If it was me, I would, t- I would want to take that back. I know how hard he's worked. Why not give him a second chance? So you have a college, you have a college baseball player who is leaps and bounds, at least in this one moment, so much more immature than a kid who plays baseball that, that America fell in love with during the Little League World Series. Bloomsburg University released a statement to the media Monday confirming that Davis had reached out, saying, quote, her request demonstrates the type of person she is, her level of maturity, and the empathy that her family and coach teach her. Bloomsburg University stands firm on our decision. However, his consequences will be reviewed as is common in disciplinary, disciplinary actions like this. It's also been reported that Castleberry has also apologized to the university um, and, and I, I, I suppose to uh, Monet Davis, uh, you know, apologizing about this. I respect Monet Davis so much for saying that she, she wishes that Bloomsburg reinstates him. But in the same time, I absolutely respect the Bloomsburg University for standing strong and not reinstating Castleberry. Because if you turn around and reinstate him just because Moni Davis wants you to, what does he learn in that situation? What has he learned from that situation? If he has another year, if he has a year or more of eligibility remaining, let him return next year. Or maybe he'll have to transfer. But you don't bring him back this year. When you're in college, you make, you make bad choices. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I didn't make bad choices when I was in college. Now, I wasn't on Twitter when I was in college. I'm not even entirely sure. <clears throat> not to make myself sound old, I only turned 30 this year. I was not even aware if it was around that there was a such thing as Twitter. I wasn't even on Facebook until my senior year of college. And that's back when Facebook was just for, for people with college email addresses. It was just for college students. But I made bad choices. Nothing dangerous. You know, but I was a kid. I was a dumb kid. And you have to you have to face the consequences. You say something stupid, you gotta fess up to it and apologize. You do something to it, you have you do something stupid, you have to make up for it. Bottom line. At eighteen you can vote, you're you're an adult. The only thing you can't do legally is drink. So guess what? You're in college. It's time to be a big boy. Face the consequences. And that's what Joey Castleberry is doing right now. So I respect 
Simonides, excuse me, I respect Bloomsburg that uh, as well. Whenever baseball baseball season comes around and and whenever the Hall of Fame gets talked about the name Pete Rose is always brought up. Of course Pete Rose banned from Major League Baseball years ago for gambling while he was a coach. Once again, of course, now with the new commissioner, Pete Rose has applied for reinstatement to baseball and hopes to get into the Hall of Fame. And I honestly go back and forth on whether or not I think Pete Rose should be reinstated. Because what, based based on written rule, based on the, 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 the written rule of baseball, you don't gamble on baseball. You don't gamble on baseball. Pete Rose did, and he's paying the, again, paying the consequences. But is what Pete Rose did not as bad, as bad, or worse than what the steroid users have done to the game of baseball. Because we're we're getting damn close to the point where you're 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 going to where you're gonna be putting in or potentially putting in steroid users into the Hall of Fame. And to me, if you put in steroid users, you have to reinstate and put in Pete Rose. Because what Pete Rose did was wrong. But it is not worse. I don't even think it's as bad as what steroid users have done and do to the game of baseball. John Dowd, who head, was the head of the investigative team that led to Pete Rose's permanent banishment from baseball, believes that he should remain banned from baseball. He says the gambling is just such a terrible business. It really does infect the game. He said Pete Rose committed the capital crime of baseball 
But this is bigger than Pete Rose. There's a reason we haven't had another gambling case in 26 years. This wasn't about Pete. This was about protecting the integrity of the game. So why is anybody who is a PED user still playing baseball? If you're talking about integrity of the game. Because steroids affect the integrity of the game more than gambling by a coach. But in the same in, in the same time as I as I basically defend Pete Rose Part of me says he should never be reinstated because he knew the consequences. If you know the history of baseball, you know the Black Sox scandal and the other other things throughout the course of time, and you know that that if you know. You cannot bet on baseball. And he chose to do it. Then... He, sh- he knew it, and he spit in the face of baseball and the fans. I listen to Dan Patrick every morning, and when Dan Patrick talked about this, Dan is from Ohio. He said he felt personally betrayed by Pete Rose. I'm too young to to, to remember. I wasn't alive when this happened. And I'm not from Ohio. I'm not a Reds fan. And because this didn't happen, you know, in my adult life, in my my lifetime, I I probably don't have the same ability to, to... say, well, you know, I I think this way, I think that way. And there's there's plenty to the story that we don't know. What are your thoughts? Should Pete Rose be reinstated? Really think about that. Because if he does, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the numbers are there. Today, I say he should be. Tomorrow, I, I could think differently. That that's that's how 
for me, it, it, it is very, it's fluid. It is fluid. Next week, right here on the show, next week here on the, the Tuesday timeout, we're going to have uh, uh, Jason, a um, friend of mine, contributor to our Facebook page. He's going to join this show uh, as we did a year ago um, when, when we were on a different network. And we're going to preview the Major League Baseball season. Uh, we're going to look at uh, each division. We're going to look at some of, the, some of the different rule changes for this year. We're going to uh, give our predictions for each division, for the wild card teams, and how we think the playoffs are going to play out and who's going to win the World Series. So that's going to be next Tuesday night here at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Tuesday timeout right here on NGSEsports.com. It doesn't matter what month it is. You're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about the NFL. Last week, the big story, and, and again, I apologize about last week. Um, when you're getting ready to do a show and you, you get violently ill, um, it makes it a little bit difficult to sit in a, sit in a hosting chair for two hours. Uh, so, again, I apologize. And, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in it now. We're in it for the long haul now. Um, Lord willing, uh, something, uh, gets in the way, but the big story last week, Chris Borland, linebacker, of the 49ers, rookie linebacker, of the 49ers. Pepsi NFL Rookie of the Week in Week 10 and 11. Defensive Player of the Week in Week 11. Defensive Rookie of the Month in November 2014. A guy who looked like he was going to fill the void with, with, with Patrick Willis retiring in San Francisco. Announced his retirement, citing fears about head trauma. 24 years old. And you had Patrick Willis retire. We've seen MJD retire. You know, we're seeing we're seeing some guys retire early. And I was I, I have the utmost respect. The utmost respect for Chris Borland to make this decision, to stand up and, and make this decision, because it couldn't be easy to walk away from this game and to walk away from a career that you've, you, you, you've trained for your entire life. But see, we know a lot more about head trauma. We know a lot more about the dangers of this game now than we ever did. Documentaries like League of Denial. More players coming out saying, former players saying that they have CTE and they have uh, you know, early onset Alzheimer's, and they have uh, 
you know, the, the, it, it's basically a slow death sentence that is going to, to, to cripple them both physically and mentally. So you have you have a player that says, "Look, for myself and for my family, I'm walking away." But is is this is this a game changer for the NFL? Is this a game changer for the game of football? So many people say it's not. Seven two four 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 seven four four four. ID one three five one three eight. Is this a game changer for the NFL? People say it's not, but I still, I still say that it is, and. It's not going to be drastic. It's not going to be drastic. It's not like all of a sudden we're going to wake up tomorrow and Des Bryant is going to retire and LaShawn McCoy is going to retire. Colin Kaepernick is going to retire and Russell Wilson is going to retire. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But if you look five, ten years down the road, I truly believe that we're we're going to see a young a young man's NFL, and we're going to see sh- shorter careers than we already see because of what we know about head trauma. Because you know, you look at. You look at an Achilles injury or a ACL injury or a torn quad injury or your ligament injuries and all of these, you are able to repair them a lot easier than you used to. You're able to repair them a lot easier than you used to. But you know what you can't repair? And it doesn't matter how great the new style helmets are. And it doesn't matter how much padding you put around your head. If your brain gets scattered, you get a concussion. There's no healing that. You can treat the symptoms. You can, you know, you can deal with the symptoms, but at the end of the day, you can't reverse, as of right now, brain damage. You can't. And CTE, you're done. So I respect Chris Borland. But is the NFL safer now? I think it is. 
with the penalties for head-to-head shots and things like that, I, I, I do believe that the game is safer. But I still, I still believe I still believe that this game is changing because youth programs are shrinking and going away. In 10 to 15 years down the road, the impact of guys like Chris Borland will be felt. The first ever NFL veteran combine was was, uh, conducted this week. And... From the moment, uh, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a draft combine guy. But this surrounded the the NFL rule change, the the the, uh, the league meetings this week. But you had groups of veteran players trying to impress teams and get one more chance. Michael Sam, under-impressed. Guys like Brady Quinn were there. Tyler Wilson, Felix Jones. Plenty of guys there. Not really much of an impact. Michael Bush, clocking a 4.9140, said, there goes my career. Saying, acknowledging maybe that this was the, this could be the end of his career, saying, quote, it hurts. It hurts. So nobody, nobody overwhelmed. I don't know what what, what people expected out of this. You had guys that came out of college and didn't couldn't hack it on as backups or on practice squads. A lot of times for multiple teams. What did you expect them to show you at a combine? Will somebody get signed? Sure. Sure they will. You're not you're not gonna get the next Tom Brady at the NFL veteran combine. The NFL is electing to suspend blackouts. At least for one year, no NFL games will be blacked out. From local television next season, the league said Monday at the owners' meeting, the teams voted for a one-year suspension of the long-standing blackout policy for the preseason regular season games. There were no blackouts in 2014, only two in 2013. Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut said that this decision to suspend the blackout policy for the upcoming season is a victory for the millions of sports fans and consumers across the country. And it brings us one step closer to eliminating this anti-fan measure once and for all. 
this antiquated, anti-consumer rule has gone as far too long served to only protect the NFL's bottom line at the expense of sports fans. Blackouts have been part of the NFL since the 1950s when team owners believed showing local games would damage attendance. And this policy that has now been suspended was enacted in 1973. The, uh, the NFL said it will uh, evaluate the impact of the suspension after the season. Mark Gannis, president of Chicago-based consulting firm SportsCore, said, quote, the blackout issue has been one of the these seen as negative about the league. The SEC says there shouldn't be blackouts, and the league says it would affect attendance. This is a perfect time with no blackouts from last year to test whether a no-blackout rule adversely affects the attendance of games. Numbers, uh, percentage, have, have significantly dropped of blackouts in recent years. Only 5% this decade, according to league figures. Give you, I'm going to give my opinion on this, but just want to remind everybody about NGSCSports.com, our home network here. Go to NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Check out all the great shows over there, including this one, my Tuesday timeout, Three Count Thursday, Student of the Game, NGSC Weekly, and much, much more. Visit NGSCSports.com or NGSC Sports on iHeartRadio. The NFL, the, the blackout rules to me were stupid. The blackout rules to me were wrong, and and I'm I'm good. I'm glad to see them going away, even if it's just for one year, to evaluate the process. And I do hope they stay away. The competition committee also in the NFL uh, tweaked the rules for a catch. Of course, it's kind of brought on by the Des Bryant catch-no-catch in the playoff game against the Packers. However, According to the now revised rule, the catch would still have not been a catch because the rule now states that a receiver must establish himself as a runner rather than just make a football move he also must have control of the ball and both feet in bounds. Pretty sure that's what Des Bryant did in Green Bay. But doesn't the wording of the new rule seem just as confusing as the old one? To me, I feel like the NFL has not only has not only not clarified the rule they've they've almost made it just if not more confusing 
if you catch the ball and you and you get both feet down, I mean, can we just make it simple? It's a game. I feel like it's just all way too complicated. Way too complicated. You know, these rules, it's not just the Des Bryant thing. This goes back to 2010 with Calvin Johnson. NFL Vice President of Officiating Dean Blandino said, uh, quote, once you go down the path, it becomes more subjective. What is, what isn't a football move? We're not talking about a lot of plays over the course of five seasons. Since the Calvin Johnson play, this allows us to consistently officiate the rule. I, I, I don't agree with that. How do you establish yourself as a runner? How many steps is running? Three steps? Four steps? Is there a certain speed you're looking for? A certain stride you're looking for? I don't think this is any clearer than it was a season ago. We'll have to take the NFL's uh, word for it, I guess. That's going to be all for tonight, folks. Thanks you for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Ryan for calling in, talking about the Brock Lesnar uh, WWE situation at the beginning. Again, Tuesday timeout right here on NGSCSports.com each and every Tuesday night. You can also podcast us um, by searching Big Jim Sports and get us directly. Search NGSC Sports on the podcast app. Uh, you can get all the shows there. Spreaker by searching NGSC and on iHeartRadio, search NGSC, get the Get the full run of all the shows and all the great content of, from NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. Check out the written pieces on there as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports, Facebook.com slash Big Jim Sports, Instagram at Big Jim Sports. Tune in each and every Tuesday night here at 9.30 p.m. Also catch me on Three Count Thursday, pro wrestling podcast where me and um, my lifelong friend Ryan uh, bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news, uh, rumors, predictions, and much more. Again, th- the Three Count Thursday podcast right here, live at 9.30 p.m. Thursday night. We're going to be talking plenty of WrestleMania, plenty of stuff to get to uh, in with the WWE this week. So thank you for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. I'll talk to you next week. Be safe and go for the win. Let's
but uh. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.